iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to Wine Times, the podcast brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club with me, Mikita Oliver. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. And this show, Will, is quite fantastically all about wine. Red, white, rosé, sparkling. Italian, French, Australian, South African and all the rest. That's right. This series, we're going to be tasting our way through those tannins, which you're going to explain to me what that means later on. I, really I will. Because I really don't know. <laughs> and we won't be doing it alone. No, not at all. Who do we have, Will? Oh, you can't do it alone. So no, so every episode, we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times, and good conversation. This is like so much fun. <laughs> and remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. I mean, I love them. They sent me a huge case of wine already. So I love them. So whether you're an expert with a broad palate or you just tend to stick to the house stuff in this show you're sure to find something that will suit your taste we're here in the wonderful Wadadley kitchen it's beautiful it's just beside the river lee in london's hackney wick it's owned by the incredible vivacious stunning talented broadcaster and chef andy oliver who is a wonderful woman she's also my mother yes she's my mother Sipping this delicious Borgoyne Aligotti with Makita and myself today will be comedian Ed Gamble. You'll know him from Taskmaster, his wonderful food podcast Off Menu and so many, so many more things. And Ed's only recently got married, so I'll be very excited to ask him about what wines he had at the reception. Oh yeah, big time. Let's get some wedding wine gossip. Uh, he's also getting ready for a brand new tour, Electric. We'll ask him all about that. Right, Will. Let's get those bottles corked. I mean, no, wait. <laughs> Let's get those bottles chilled. Let's get those cocks poured. No, wait a minute. You've got to leave all this in. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Let's get... Don't do another take. That's the take. Let's get those bottles chilled. Let's get those corks hot. Let's do those things wine drinking people do. Right. Ed Gamble, how are you today? Very well. Looking forward to getting the cocks poured. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, I'm new to this. 
It's your first, your first wine, time hosting something, right? Should have got that you've right. Been... <laughs> Drunk wine before, hosted something before. Should have got that right. I always think that you want to start with, what do you prefer, red, white, sparkling? I, do, I, I used to always say red. I'm a, I'm a red man. I don't drink white. And I think, I think a lot of people would say yeah. that because bad white is way worse than yeah. bad red. Totally. So the experience of having bad white when you're like growing up and just starting to drink is horrible and it really sticks with a lot of people. Mm. Whereas bad red, you can probably you can probably not back a bottle of that. I used to say, <laughs> how cheap is a bad red to you? Now or when oh, I started drinking ooh. white? Um, <laughs> when you started drinking. Uh, oh, like proper bottom shelf news agent. 399. Yeah. 399, yeah. yeah and then you start moving up the... Up the shelves in the in yeah. you know you you start looking at your newsagent wines you, your wolf blast <laughs> really really start pumping up the pumping sure. up so, the fancy Ernest and Julio Gallo <laughs> so I think the the, the the sort of traditional idea is you start your journey on the wine route if you can with the big you're attracted to the big primary flavours of sort of red fruit and that's always wines from I think warmer climates the southern mm-hmm. hemisphere so as you said Australia and California mm-hmm. and you love that sort of soft supple um, character and then as you go along it's like anything you learn more about it and you drink more your palate what we call your palate your taste essentially starts to change you get more curious and the idea is as you go along the wine route you search out wines that are drier have sort of less primary fruit maybe tastes of sort of earth and stone and, mm, yeah. and herbs and spice and you end up drinking white wine with high acidity mm-hmm. and hardly any fruit because you're searching for complexity and and a different a different experience actually it's a bit i suppose the analogy could be music i always think mm. okay you start with the great melody makers abba the beatles the commodores and then at the end of it you're listening to well possibly Bach and Schubert Bach. What an incredible <laughs> musical journey! Well, that, that Commodores to Bach. I've gone in a different direction, <laughs> yeah. now, but I take the analogy. But <laughs> I would just fill in with slightly different artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I totally get it. Um, have you ever wanted to learn about wine, Ed? Yes, definitely, and I have made efforts in the past to learn about wine. Oh. But what I've found about my brain now is it can't hold much information. Yeah. Like I get obsessed with things quite easily. But now with what I've got a couple of friends who work in wine and I've asked them to teach me things about wine and we sit there, we have a glass of wine and they tell me loads of interesting stuff in a very easy to understand way and I nod and it literally just, they just rolls out the other <laughs> ear. Maybe it will come back once you're tasting a wine, you'll go, they're right, that really was hazelnut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I do say... Hazelnut is great, though. It's <laughs> on my list. <laughs> From Will. It's a little like... I've done a crib list, by the way. I think it, it's a little like um, learning a language or playing the piano. Not that I can do either of those really particularly well. In that it's a lifetime of learning. And the more mm-hmm. you practice, the better you get. And you're not going to come in and just have three lessons and then play the piano perfectly. And yeah. it, it really is building up um, that vocabulary of tastes and smells, which is actually quite tricky to do, because unlike your, your sight and your, um, and your hearing, which you're born with, and uh, you know, it works quite well as, um, um, as long as you're healthy, your smell, your sort of vocabulary of taste, how you break down and describe a wine, you have to train at it, you mm-hmm. have to work at it, like a tennis player. Yeah, and I want to be like you one day when well, I talk the about wine. Thing, <laughs> so, the, so the flip side is, though, once you stop doing it, you, everyone loses it very quickly. Right. So once you're out of wine... You know, you have to sort of retrain your smell. It's a bit like you never see, I don't know, you hardly ever see professional cricket players playing British cricket because they've lost their eye. And it's like you have to get your eye in or your palate in again. 
And it's always the beginning of sort of wine tasting season. All the professionals again, I'm just tasting and tasting just to sort of tune myself up. And so the message is to just not stop drinking wine yeah, at yeah. any well, time of the year. It's a good tip. Well, uh, uh, taste. Taste, taste, taste. 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 Yeah, so, taste. So we will be spitting. What, what I've started doing as well is I've got an, I've got an app that I, if yes. I buy a bottle, I'll taste it, have a think about what I can taste in it, and then I check the app to see what the tasting notes Yeah. Are on there to see if I get any rights. I've turned it into a competitive sport. Is it the, <laughs> with yourself? Yeah, with myself. <laughs> yeah, you and the wine. competing with myself. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about the tour, Electric. It starts in February. It starts in Feb. It's going to be funny. It's going to be funny. Mm. This is this is the only question I need really. A lot of the time when I do things, tell us about the tour. What's it about? And I go, it's about me being funny and desperately craving attention from the general public. <laughs> Done. And uh, it starts in February uh, in Leicester, where all good tours kick off. Uh, and you can buy tickets on edgamble.co.uk and it's coming to a place near you. And if it's not coming to exactly where you live, I'm sorry. Get on a train. I'm not a superman. <laughs> <laughs> what, is the, what was the biggest compliment you've been paid about, in terms of about your comedy? comedy? So you had to describe your comedy and someone's just absolutely nailed it. Interesting. I just, I think I'm such, I'm so basic with these things. If yeah. someone comes along to the show and says, they laughed until some sort of bodily fluid emanated from them. Then, yes! Then job that's, done. that's the job done. I think I'm yet to make someone urinate. Oh, really? No, well, no, people say it all the time, don't they? But I've never had anyone contact me and go, I actually pissed myself. Okay. Well, at least we've got clear focused goals yes. for electric Yeah, 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 I'm just building up. Make the whole country piss themselves. <laughs> Okay, so I, I'd love it if you could announce the wine. Will. Yes, I ought to. Yeah, let the little let the wine have its moment. Well, we're starting in France, and we're going to one of their most famous regions, Burgundy. But we're thinking slightly counterintuitively because Burgundy is famous for Pinot Noir for red wine, and Chardonnay for white wine. They make some of the greatest wines in the world. What, what wines that can cost up to twenty thousand pounds a bottle? But we are we are trying a grape today called Aligotte which is the insider's choice. It's what all the sort of wine professionals and wine lovers love to sort of stash drink. And it's sort of brisk, vibrant and high in acidity. And I just thought it would open up mm. the podcast in a, in, a, in a great way. Ed is already swirling like he knows what he's up to. And I, mine doesn't, well, it's well, very no. much between the fingertips, yes? Yeah. So the first thing is um, we want to hold the stem of the glass. Yeah. Um, and we want to give it a good swirl because it's giving off, because 7-0% of the taste and flavour of a wine uh, you can detect through your sense of smell. Well, there's two wow. ways of smelling. So there's orthonasal, and that's when you walk into a room and you can smell the bread being baked from the kitchen, or you can smell perfume, you know. That's orthonasal smelling, so that's what we're doing. So we're just swirling it round so we get all the flavour compounds bouncing off. And let's no, have a smell of this. I can smell it now. Now, this is actually, again... Not all wines have a lot of sort of, you know, sort of um, what we call, well, I was going to say bouquet, but I don't want to say it on this podcast. <laughs> okay. So it Grab doesn't that. have a huge amount of aroma. Um, this wine is all about the texture and the mouthfeel. So I'm going to use my spittoon. Yeah. And I didn't know about spittoons until I met Will. Um, uh, there it is. <laughs> um, I'm going to spit. That's how I feel I'm going yes. to... Yes, I think you should. Okay, thank you. How about you? I am, yeah, I am certainly with the first one. Okay. I feel like it's a bad, a bad way to kick we off. We thought we'd all swallow on so, the and also, also, I've, I have done, I have only once before tasted and 
had to spit and I've not just to let you know not nailed the technique me neither so there will be quite a lot running down my chin (laughs) can someone please tell me the technique Will is there something special to do well if you want to practice which is a bit late now you do it in the bath and aim for the taps with a pint of water I, do you know, I've been tasting wine that professionally is... for 20 years. I haven't really mastered it myself, to be honest. But no, no. But no, you purse your lips and you, and, you, and you direct it like that. But the more important so like... thing to do, though, put the wine in your mouth, pull the air over. And it's a bit like something like sort of salmon fish cakes or pork chops. When you're cooking them, there's no aroma. But when you chew them, the flavour comes through. Because your sense of smell is here, so, which is I'm pointing to my forehead. So you've got your nose as a funnel, but there's also another hatch at the back of your mouth. So if I demonstrate, yes, and of course those listening won't be able to see me, but you'll be able to hear. He's doing a um, bloody I'm now lowering job. my nose into this wine, and, and again, it's quite muted. So this wine is all about the texture. But now, let's see if there's some flavours come through. So what I've done is I've dragged it over. I've dragged the, the air over. Swirled it around my mouth, and you can feel the acidity absolutely, on the side. Absolutely, all over the mouth and in the head, as it were. This is a brisk wine, isn't it? Mm. I mean, long finish, would we say? Long finish, yes. Oh, yeah. these, these are some of the things yes. I've picked up that I just know to say. That was good. Very clever. <laughs> that was said at the right can, time. can we count it? One second, two seconds, three seconds? Because still, yeah, it's still imagine going. pairing this with... Um, Scallops, mm. oysters, if you like oysters. Yeah. I mean, we don't, you know, obviously we don't do this every day. What, what mood do you think you'd have to be in, Ed, to enjoy this wine? Where do you, you know, paint the picture for me? I, I think I'd have to have this with with food. Yeah. Mm. Just because it is quite punchy, it feels mm. like it needs to mm. sit aside something. But mood wise, I feel like a veranda. Feels like a veranda wine. Yeah, it's like a fridge door white, isn't it? That you've had a busy day and you come in. Mm. But you can be on holiday. See, I, feel, I, I feel like it's holiday. It, I was going to say, I need sun with this. And yeah. then it, it picks you up, isn't yeah. it? it? It's not a wine that's gonna, you're going to sit down and sort of chill out with. This is a mm. wine that's going to really... I sort of want to jump in the pool. It's almost like biting into a lemon almost, isn't it? Yeah. It is lemony. I, wanted, yeah, to say lemon citrus. And, yeah. I wanted to say citrus, but I was nervous. No, you should. I mean, no... Okay, lots of citrus notes. Please do, spittoon away. <laughs> what I was going to... I was just going to say there are, you know, there, there's... Lots of different white wines, obviously, but the, but the, you can have creamy and buttery mm-hmm. and oaky wines. Mm. This would be the absolute opposite. Mm. It's more citrus, fresh green apple, isn't it? You mm. know, that sort of, I just thought it would pick us up. I but love also, it. Yeah. It's a great yeah. starter. 12%. The aroma thing is really interesting that you not you don't get a huge amount off it yeah. when you smell it and then loads when you pop it, yeah, pop it in the mouth. More... Is, that te- is that temperature as well? When things are colder, do they sort of hold onto aroma Absolutely. a bit more? So if you... Put a bottle of wine to a fridge it will chill it down to about five degrees over the course of an hour and of course that mutes the aroma so that, that you know so actually the warmer it is the more the aromatics mm-hmm. come out i actually could really uh sympathize with where um ed was coming from when he said you always think white wine's like i don't know a bit cheaper and a bit dirtier and i think for me i've got all these images of just my teenage female friends i have to be honest after a few too many white wines when we were about 19 and it just made a particular kind of um a reaction um yeah. <laughs> to a young female <laughs> and i see it still is is there any truth in that that white wine affects men and women differently no i suppose white wine is generally reviving because of the because of its acidity 
Um, so you perhaps drink it a little quicker. Yes. And then, of course, the most dangerous part of anything is, is the alcohol. So that gets into your bloodstream quicker, and then you start that journey yeah. down to... The well, streets of not, Leicester Square. Let's not go down I always thought in, in that sense, I don't think it's to do, anything to do with the wine. It's whenever we all used to go out on nights out, none of the girls ate anything. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's true. So they, they get had, like they... three glasses of white wine and nothing to eat. And then, yeah. Piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wine number two, Will. Very exciting. As Ed and I have said, we do prefer a red. So what have we got now? Absolutely. Well, we're flying all the way. So we, we are in, um, our first one was in France. We're going all the way across the world, 12,000 12, miles down to New Zealand. And we're in the South Island of New Zealand. So we're flying to a place called Queenstown. We're in central Otago. Mm. And we are actually tasting the great variety from where we've just been, Burgundy. We're tasting Pinot Noir. And I chose this wine. A, because I, I think the aromatics are very nice, but also it's quite low in residual sugar, which mm-hmm. I thought was... Uh, Ed- yes, because, Ed, you've talked about having diabetes. Does, does that affect the way you pick your wine, the wine you consume? I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think uh, certainly with wine across the board, it tends to be lower carb and doesn't tend to affect my uh, blood glucose levels at all, mm. unless we're talking about dessert wines. Yeah. And then, and then, they, ob- and then they obviously do. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they're delicious as well. So, do you like a dessert wine? I love a dessert. I've only recently got into dessert wine, 
But I've wow. tasted some pretty incredible dessert wines recently. What kind of fancy occasions are you having dessert wine? Well, I, yeah, it's difficult to find an occasion. It is. It's mainly Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas like a, or a plane. Yeah, or I'll go if I have like go out for a really posh meal, like a tasting menu or something. They bring dessert wine at the end. I'll if I like it, I'll always ask them what it is, yeah. and occasionally buy it off them at the restaurant. Wow. Yeah, wow. So what I've got. Life you lead. I've got some. I've got some nice dessert ones at home ready for Christmas. Yeah, and I think they're good to have as a dessert. Yeah. Not not with a dessert. And apparently, if you look at the old sort of French menus, about a hundred years ago, we would regularly. It would be quite normal to have a sweet wine with, say, sea bream or fish or you know like that, and certainly champagne. The big market used to be the Tsars of Russia, and they would drink champagne at the end of the meal, mm. and they'd like it sweet. So the old sort of nineteenth-century, but if you're ever lucky enough to have a really old bottle of champagne, it's sweet. Um, and we're talking what? So in a can of Coke, it's about 108 grams per litre residual sugar. Goodness me! Uh, the great, w- one of the greatest uh, sweet wines of the world is Tokai from Hungary, mm-hmm. and I think their Essentia, which is their, you know, their, their, their sweetest, is 400 grams. Wow. But I mean, I think it's around 125 grams. So there's a lot of sugar in, you know, in sweet wine. Yeah. Whereas something like this has 1.5 grams. Oh, wonderful! This is a Pinot Noir, you say? Yeah, Pinot Noir. Okay, so my aunt taught me about <coughs> Pinot Noir ah. in my teens. Actually, she said it was a sort of classic that would always, if I was ever stuck, get a Pinot Noir. And it's light always, light-bodied. Yeah. So as you can see, so, sort of what I described is although that's a sort of violet colour, but it's translucent. So it has a very thin skin, but it's always, well, let, let's be, you know, medium weight, mm-hmm. so light. But I always think that's quite a misnomer because actually when you taste it, it's quite powerful and it's high acidity and it always has more of an effect on me than a really, you know, um, a really rich bowl, say um, Cabernet Sauvignon or something Really? Like Do you think that's because you might drink it quicker? Yeah, or? Probably. This definitely, <laughs> no, I would absolutely gulp this. <laughs> it, I, I'm the same. I think a lot of people are with Pinot Noir that if you're in a, pub or in like a hotel bar where they're not necessarily like they're not going to talk you through the wine list they're not going to ask what you would like and take you through it but then they say what do you want and i'll go pinot noir no matter what it is or where it's from bag of pinot noir yeah fill her up to the top because you can you can be in some real shitholes and they'll still have a pinot noir yeah Yeah, exactly exactly okay so this is made by um in vivo by um rob cameron i may taste this yes Mm. Sorry, we're tasting away, clunking away. So there is a predominant fruit on the aroma and in the taste, actually. Can anyone guess it? Can anyone guess it? Sorry, don't give us no, no, no. no. He's already beaten me once at a quiz show. So if you want us to be in a competitive place, it's not hard to get to for us. There's something so blooming familiar in there, but I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to hazard a guess. Plum. And do you not get a little bit of um, dark cherry? Mm. Or yes, just keep it simple. Just say, is it red fruit or black mm. fruit? Oh, I would say red. Yeah. yeah, definitely. It's on the sort of more. Well, it's almost. It's not acidic at all, but it's sort of um, citrusy again in a way that like a dark clovey, yeah, sort of oaky red wine would be. This is why I like to drink this when it's a bit sunny as well. Yeah, yeah. Autumn is quite good for Pinot Noir. So also going back to how we you know we talked about texture. And the texture of this, or the, or the mouthfeel, 
it's it's a bit like our first one, isn't it? High acidity, mm. and as you said, as the associations with citrus, and it's mm. and it sort of perks you up, and mm. I think that's why you like it so much. Yeah, it's, it's quite I think easy so. to drink, very easy and it's to drink. Refreshing, which is it's almost is that a sort of red one you could chill a little bit as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now hang on a minute, because that. my father <laughs> got very into chilled red wine last year, and I think it's blasphemous. I'm yeah. not into it. I mean, to the point where it's cold, not chilled, cold. It, well, do you agree with this? Well, so if you've got red wine with a lot of tannin, a tannin is what you get in stewed tea in that bitter tasting compound that strips the side of your, of your, of the inside of your cheeks mm. when you taste it. If you chill that, so um, it accentuates the tannin flavour. But wines that are high in acidity, or sort of medium-bodied, translucent, high in acidity, have lots of fruit like this. Absolutely, but don't over-chill them. So put them in the fridge for, say, 20 minutes. I always think a good rule of thumb is the bottle should be cool to touch. Mm-hmm. So you could pop it outside it, you know, as, as long as your neighbours don't sort of pop around and, yeah. and help themselves. There is a very famous producer in Beaujolais, which has a great variety of gamay, and it's very sort of digestible and light. And he says that they, he likes his wine to be served at well water temperature. Oh, goodness which, me. Um, That'd be hard for well someone water. in hospitality. I'd like it the temperature of <laughs> well think, water. But I think it's... Um, <laughs> You've got to build a well. <laughs> it's worth it. You've got to get the, dig the well. Get the water. Then you've got to work out what is the temperature of well water. Well, exactly. Every well's different. Tep it. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. As you were married recently, congratulations. Thank you very much. I've seen your wife, wonderful woman. Wonderful woman. Did you converse together on the wine lists and the choices of wine at the wedding, or was that your job or her job? It was. It it was all of our jobs. Mm. Uh, So we we tasted a lot of wines at um, my mother-in-law's house. Uh, There was a lot of drinking went on but that was maybe two years ago because we had to move the wedding so many times because because of covid so i can't remember what wines we actually (laughs) settled on they were crowd pleasers right yeah all i remember definitely is that for the starter we had uh, a pick pool because the starters were scallops uh, and that was that was really nice we had a different wine for the starter and then we had a red and a white. <laughs> and I wish I could tell you more. But did you have a sparkling for the reception? We did. We had a, a, a rose, sparkling rosé. Uh, South African, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. It was very, very good. I, I always think you've got two options with a wedding. You can go high-end and give your guests very nice wine. Or you can go very low-end. Because if you do with very nice wine, they're going to drink as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's low-end, it will be much more sedate affair. What about starting high and then when everyone's drunk <laughs> well, and low-end? Well, that's what I'm, I planned at my wedding. But the waiting... Uh, 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 so what happened was we, we were going to serve Poirot to begin with, champagne, and then we're going to move on to Prosecco a bit later. Um, but I don't know about what happened, but basically <laughs> we just drank Paul Roger. The whole yeah. Night. yeah, if you start off like that, yeah. yeah, it's hard to go down. Yeah, really. yeah. got to stay on a level. All right, lovely. Well, yeah. I think I liked that a lot. That Pinot. Yeah, oh, good. Thank you. Yeah, I could do a bottle of that. Yeah, yeah. we'll do it afterwards. Should we? <laughs> <laughs> and then into the spittoon. Well, you said that um, I could feel free to uh, look around and see if I find my own spittoon. Because I saw yeah. like a weird fish one. Yes, I, like, you can. Yeah, the other day. 
How does one oh, pick best the bitu? I've got, I've got the juggle jack. Yeah, and then I saw a, a mini version. I was like, <gasps> Is it yeah. like, <gasps> is it like Harry Potter wants? No, it's like they oh, select you. Nice. Oh right. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> does your spittoon <laughs> yeah. select you? You have to go into Ollivanders, and the spittoon jumps <laughs> out at you. There are very that? discreet spittoons because sometimes the, the sort of wine marathon it can get too much mm-hmm. so, so you'll be at a very posh dinner but actually you don't want you, you want to taste the wines but you don't really want to swallow because you, you know you've got to get up the next yeah. morning and people do have very discreet spittoons down here no stop it <laughs> <laughs> that's too ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> everyone's trying to still um, be really together and I never try and judge because you know if, if people don't want to drink that's absolutely fine with me mm. but if they want to drink a lot I'm happy with that as well well we all said we'd try number three <laughs> so let's go on to number three right so we are now where else? One of the most exciting wine-producing countries in the world, South Africa, the Western mm. Cape. So if we've come up from New Zealand, what is it, I think 8,000 miles, or if we're coming from London, we just fly overnight. Yeah. And then we're in, um, drop down in uh, Cape Town, we're about 100 miles east of Cape Town, if you've been to South Africa, in the Robertson Valley. And South Africa, like New Zealand, has this incredible luminosity of light, but also the cool sea breezes and ancient, ancient soils. So they've got soils going back six to eight million years. It's inter- wow, it's interesting you say that because it does look deep and yeah. heady, so doesn't it? So this is a deep it? and heady and rich. And so we have gone on our, our, we've gone on our own reverse wine journey. In that we started off with the sort of brisk, muted, you know, sort of quite intellectual wine. And, and, and then we had the lighter, translucent, wonderful wine from New Zealand. Um, and now we're, we're finishing with, the, with those bold primary flavours that I said everyone is attracted to. This is what I'd do at a dinner. Yeah. I'd start there and end in this heady place. <laughs> Are you going to taste this one? Yeah. Okay, great. I mean, like, swallow. No, I'll taste first and then the next one I'll Okay. This is the last one. Oh, goodness. That sticks around, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you get the... Um... Oh, that's all over my head and jaw and... And we've talked a lot about fruit. But there are some spice notes in there, aren't there? Mm. Um, black currants. But how does it make you feel? Let's not talk about fruit. It's so boring for the listener. How, how does it make you feel? feel? I mean, how cozy? cozy exactly. Yeah. Well, it's warming, isn't it? Warming, <laughs> relaxed. It's it's Cabernet Sauvignon, right? It's, yeah, um, yeah. Um, Made by the Dewet Winery, Robertson says uh, the heritage. Oh, wow, that's, not that's it's a classic uh, Cab Sav. Yeah. It's uh, you know what? It's like reliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm does what it says it's um, going to do. It looks after you. Now, I would describe this, and wine critics would have a... I'm a very unusual wine critic because I don't, I, I don't mind about um, using terms that other wine critics would probably turn their nose up at. I think it's smooth. I think it's, I think it's smooth. It's smooth. And other wine critics would be like, that's <laughs> disgraceful. It'd be smooth. It's, it's, too, it's too simplistic. It's, uh, right, OK. Sometimes know. something's just yeah. smooth, though. Yeah. You know? As is you that, said, how that, does it make you feel? Are there particular jokes that comedians get quite snobby about that other comedians... Yeah, there's jokes, structures and things that, yeah. Yeah, that are a bit hack or whatever. <laughs> or there's some, sometimes if you're comparing, so if you're like bringing all the other acts on, there's tricks that, yeah. that are sort of like open to everyone. But if you see someone do them, you're like, oh, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, 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 that's what smooth is like to other wine. Yeah, other wine yeah. Sort of, yeah, professionals. Yeah. yeah, or just, yeah. But I, I, when you said it, I got it. I was like, or, it is, it is very mean, what smooth. What else would you use? Supple? Supple's nice. Easy to drink. Though. Would you ever have a glass of wine before a show, Ed? Uh, I, I occasionally do, uh, but that's when I know that the gig is going to go 
badly. Really? Mm. If I have one glass of wine before a show, like there's just something the synapses stop firing in the same way. I agree. And I don't like being like could not agree more to do something and yeah. Like, and I think that's words. why it's always musicians, isn't it? Because they can kind of get lost in it. Yeah. And I think. It's one wine no. I'd be like, I'm yeah. in a wine place now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the worst one is if you're doing a wine dinner and, and you're the speaker yeah. and there's about 100 people and you're, and, you're, and you're drinking along with them because they expect you to. I mean, the, the, you know, at the end of the night when you stand up, you really have to concentrate. Yeah, they, but they won't remember it anyway. No. But I'm like you, I just can't do it. I, I have to have a clear head. Yeah, totally. Um, so if I'm, if I'm doing it, so I did some gigs recently where I was comparing and I did the first section no drink actually second section no drink but then third section where it doesn't really matter and I've done my bit then I'll have a totally. couple of glasses yeah, yeah. How is down. how is the tour going? Have you started Electric? No, Electric starts in February so at the moment it's the really fun bit where I get to do gigs and do new material and work out what's funny and are work you, out how to do it again Are you being sarcastic? No, that's genuinely oh, the fun Oh, it is, because I always think it seems really, like, difficult trying out material, because you're like, this might not work, but I suppose that that's is exciting, the right. Because then when it does work, you're like, oh, I think I'm the best comedian in the world. Yeah. But then when it doesn't, you're like, oh, I should quit. That's cool. But that, to me, that's the exciting Quite the role of yeah, 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 yeah. Do you go around universities or pubs? Or what? I mean, how do you do the Yeah, I do, I do gigs in unis. I do I less gigs in unis now. I did. Yeah. I swore off doing Freshers' Week gigs last year because I'm in my mid-30s and I one snuck through this year somehow and I yeah. felt like I was a million years yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're so they're so young. It's just it's, like uh, children. No, it's not even 25-year-olds. We're talking about 18-year-olds. Yeah. And you sort of get to bits in your set where I'm like, I've got a reference to Barbara Windsor in Carry On Camping coming up here. <laughs> it's not gonna go they're down. not going to go They're not going to... I'm not going to know that. I might as well reference like a cave like, painting. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Did you marry a wine lover? No. Oh, my God. What this is thinking? Well, the, the, sometimes that's an issue and sometimes it's a plus in that if we go out, I can't get anything by the bottle if we're in a restaurant because that would look mad because yes. he doesn't want a wine. Um, <laughs> so I have to pick, you know, the three or four they've got by the glass, which is normally fine, but... Sometimes you're like, oh, that looks interesting. I'd like a bottle of that. She's like, no, I'm having a gin and tonic. Oh, right. Um, oh, she'll drink gin and tonic all night with yeah. whatever food. T- to her, gin and tonic is the ultimate wine that pays <laughs> yeah. for anything. Um, and at home, I, it just takes me ages to get through the wine. So I have so much wine at home because I just buy bottles. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Or, and I'll just, it'll just stack up. So now, she, now we're at the point where she's like, you're going to have to stop buying this wine oh I thought we were at the point where she's going to have to start getting into wine well that's that's what I said <laughs> but it means if I open a bottle of wine quite often that bottle of wine's going to all, all in me right, yeah. <laughs> on in you. so we blame her for yeah, you know, exactly. your consumption storage, storage is difficult though isn't it but you can, can you pop a red wine I've started doing this in the fridge after you've opened it, and then it'll last for a few Abs- days. Absolutely. And, and the, 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 the other thing I was going to suggest is a wine save, which is just, um, you can buy them, I think they do 150 shots. And they, it's a, just a canister uh, with a little tube attached, you buy them online, and they, you squirt in a little bit of argon gas, mm-hmm. which then sits above the wine here, put the screw cap or the cork back on, and you're absolutely right, Ed, put the red wine back in the fridge because that will help preserve it. Oh, my goodness. But then when you come to drink it again, pull it out about half an hour before, mm-hmm. otherwise it will be too cold. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be 100% perfect, but it's going to be a lot better than if it's... But I'm like you, I've got, as you can imagine, I've got tons of wine everywhere. And I like to see how it evolves over the course of a week. And especially if you're tasting really good wine, it's like, you know, 
grandmother's stew. It's always better the day after, actually. It's, <laughs> it's better all the day after that. And actually, great wine um, can last up to three or four days. But, mm-hmm. but, but most wine, I suppose, is, is meant to be drunk. So just keep it, if you're at home, if you're living... I, you know, I used to live in a flat in central London. Keep it in a cool, dark place at a constant temperature. That is the key thing, constant. And it should be, um, you know... As cool as, as you can. Really. That way you keep yours. Well, no, mine is. It's in a darker room. Yeah, but I don't know how constant the temperature is. <laughs> well, who, who knows? But um, we, Charlie's saying we have to move the wine into the kitchen, but the kitchen's quite light, and I want to say that's not a good way to store wine. Yeah. She's like, but you're, she was like, but you're not, you're not collecting it. Yeah. Like you do just want to drink it, so <laughs> you're not going to keep it for ten years. I was like, actually, there is a bottle of Barolo that, that I was told to keep for ten years. <laughs> You've got an old drawer that's dark, and you've, and you've got like a, a couple of bottles that, yeah. that you've been given as a wedding gift. But Put, just hide them in there. Ha- well, I have to say, <laughs> my friends came around and it was like underwear, vests, wine. No, 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 like, no, are you okay? Yeah. That's a long night if you're digging into the pants wine. <laughs> I've got some more wine in that bottom drawer. I'm leaving. You're a drunk. But okay. Noted. Thank you, Will. Um, that was that was lovely. I think I think if we were going to, oh God, if I had to pick a favourite, I'd say wine number three for mm. me. I loved the um, Cab Sav, but I do always like a South African wine. I do always like a Cabernet Sauvignon. So I wasn't that surprised by liking it, but it was lovely, really nice. Ed, what about you? I enjoyed wine number one actually. That's I'd, that was new yeah. to me, so I'd go back and go back and buy a bottle of that. Mm, and but, that's a white. Anagotis. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that's um, I think I'm a white wine guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you ask for an Anagotis, especially if you're going to some of these natural wine bars, uh, they will be impressed. Okay, good. <laughs> I told I'll you we've that. got to drop Anagotti. Yeah, I'm all over it. There'd be there oh this guy knows what he's talking yeah. about. <laughs> Rather than just asking for the one with the funny label. <laughs> Um, good luck with the tour, Ed. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to drink wine with both of you today. Yeah, thank you. Thank Let you for having me. Very odd to drink wine and not feel drunk. I don't. <laughs> very, very, very well behaved. <laughs> to wine! That is it from us today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club produced by Lee Mayer and Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your normal podcast provider. We'll be back next week with more delicious wines and another great guest, great company, good stories. And remember, all of the wines we tasted today are available from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. Thank you again to A Dadly Kitchen and thank you to my mum for letting us drink wine in her space. So good to get a catchphrase on the first episode. <laughs> the train is now approaching. Junction at platform. Passengers, airport, please stay on board. Next stop, road station. iOS helps you control which apps you share your exact location with. There's more to iPhone. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.